A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. Swift, 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 Swift. Ish. What just happened? Hey guys, welcome back to Swiftish. This is Shelby, and this is Ashley. And we're excited to keep going on our on our folklore deep dive journey into Taylor Swift's uh, fantasy land she's given us. <laughs> I'm excited, so excited. I'm also I'm hypothesizing or maybe guessing that we're going to get farther into folklore than we ever did in Lover. <laughs> yeah, That's maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one, it's just a little, you know, newer, uh, relevant, have some new time available. And they're kind of like interesting songs to dive into. Like at first I was like, oh, if they're not about her life, like what will we really talk about? But I think it's just fun to see these like stories play out and kind of see how Taylor's weaving in some truths and why she'd do certain things. So it is rich and I'm loving it. Me too. I'm definitely, I I just got, I just ordered, well, my birthday was last week and people ordered me the cardigan and the actual vinyl. So I am hoping and waiting those come in the next 16 (laughs) weeks, but I'm just like (laughs) listening to it on my phone. Have you listened to, to the lakes yet? Uh, yes, I did hear, I did hear a version. My, I mean, here in the U.S., we've been having problems with the USPS and my mail has been inevitably delayed. So I have no idea where my CD is. Um, Uh, but I, I did hear the lakes on, online through it. I haven't. Through an anonymous source. Oh, you're so much better than me. Well, no, I am not better. I'm thinking (laughs) I'm just way lazier than you because... My husband went to Target and got it for me. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I was like, I don't have a CD. I've said this a million <laughs> times. Everyone's like rolling their eyes and they're like, go get a CD player. And my husband's like, have you listened to the lakes? Do you like it? I'm like, I don't have a CD player. Do He's you like, not have one in your one. car? No, my car is oh. just brand new. We just got it, but it doesn't have a CD player. Mm. Like, that's ridiculous. That's, yeah, that's rough. That's a... Uh... Yeah. I would have You're going to have to trek down to a library or something, really go old school. <laughs> or use my like husband's really clunky old <laughs> laptop he never uses and put, put yeah. it in there. I've read the, I've read the lyrics, but I think it's going to yeah. mean a lot more. Or I'll have a different feel after I've put the melody to the lyrics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It'll be good. I'm excited about it. Yeah. I mean, I'll just wait. Yeah. <laughs> Until we have to review it. Like, exactly. I haven't listened to it, but we're going to review it. I'm going to listen to yeah. it. There you That's go. It's probably when we'll get the mail anyways in like mm-hmm. 20 weeks. So <laughs> Right. <laughs> go and support fine. USPS, you guys. Go buy stamps. Yeah. <laughs> Help us get do it for our- Taylor. <laughs> do it for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I mean we were sad we skipped last week, but I hope everyone had a chance to check us out on PS You're Wrong, which is my other podcast where we talk about pop culture and we have a new tradition, I guess, now that it's happened multiple mm-hmm. times where every new Taylor album, Ashley joins us to kind of put Matt, my co-host, in his place as we uh, as we discuss Taylor's genius that he doesn't always fully appreciate. So. Well, I shared it on our Instagram and I was like, hey, you guys, go check this out. We're excited about it. We're, we're talking with Matt. And someone messaged back and they're like, the last time you did this during Reputation era or during Lover era, she's like, I couldn't even get through the first five minutes because I wanted to punch Matt. So, and then I was like, um, I was like, maybe, Poor guy. Was like, 
go go check it out. Like, go check it out again. I haven't heard from them. Hopefully, they liked yeah. it better. But they just couldn't stand how much Matt was hating on Taylor that they like turned it yeah. off. I think he's a little more welcoming in this this yeah. episode. So you guys yeah. go check it out. Um, I think he's like a closeted Swifty. So go, oh for sure, you know, go 100%. push it on him. I mean, he like listens to this podcast religiously. So yeah, you so can't really today. listen to us talk about our obsessive love with Taylor without you know getting something in return. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. we're well, slowly converting him and i'm so sorry last week so i had like a minor surgery but i was also just like mentally drained because my dog almost suffocated to death i it was mm-hmm. it was just crazy and so it was like i had a surgery my dog almost died and i was just like i yeah. can't i can't handle this it was my birthday i was like i just need to like unplug and just not do anything that this whole weekend and just kind of like recoup relax and take a <laughs> mental day um it was just saddest thing my dog he he's my troublemaker timo he ran out of the room and five minutes later just five minutes i heard like this um just like a, a bunch of noises in the other room and i thought mm-hmm. maybe he was getting into something i called for him and usually he comes running he didn't mm-hmm. come running so like a minute later i heard a big bang and i was like timo and then like a couple seconds later, he didn't come. So then I walked in to my dining room. I didn't run. I walked into my dining room. He had a whole Dorito bag over yeah. his half of his body. And it was like vacuum sealed over his body. And he was just moving around and like, you know, like trying to get out. Because you guys, dogs, right. so many dogs suffocate this way. And I thankfully, he I, I, I'm so lazy. I haven't decorated my house. And I had a mirror that was <laughs> leaning against the wall. And he banged into it and fell down. And that's what got me out. If I didn't, Uh-oh. if I hadn't been lazy, like, I'm still having flashbacks, you guys. Put yeah. your chips up on a high shelf. Um, <laughs> close close your pantry because that's where he got into it. But oh, no. so I'm, so I'm apologizing Timo. for, oh, you guys, I still have flashbacks. <laughs> I just, I, I can't, like, if he leaves yeah. my side, I'm like, Timo, where are you? Yeah. Where are you? And, no, it's so scary. Oh, and then I had so many friends who lost their corgis that weekend who I'm in this big group. And I was just like, that could be Timo. That could be Timo. So I'm always like making yeah. sure he's still alive. I'm like, did you die? Did you die? <laughs> so that's my, that's my, uh, that's my tea so from sad. last week. Yes. And happy oh. birthday. I can't believe Thank we didn't you. celebrate on our, on our channel. Do an Ashley themed episode. I know. I just, I'm not a birthday person. I get really weird around my birthday. I like to celebrate <laughs> other people. So I'm like, I like. Girl, yeah, you weird. threw a dance party last year. I don't know if you can say that. I did, but it wasn't <laughs> on my birthday and it was Taylor focused. So I was, a- and, and I was able to like control everything right right, so right. yeah yeah good. yeah <laughs> but yeah well yeah covid is ruining all our birthday plans my husband's is this week too and i'm like oh. i don't know what do you want to do like go for yeah. a walk like <laughs> those are our <laughs> options <laughs> uh, i'm like i'll promise i'll stop playing folklore on repeat for this single day He's you're like, welcome <laughs> that's my birthday wish no yeah. more folklore please yeah <laughs> Well, for your birthday, for his birthday, he could celebrate Taylor and he could vote for her on the VMAs. Oh, yeah. Give Taylor a birthday gift. You know, that's something, you know, you want to give back Honestly, to everybody. Like, when are the VMAs? I feel like I'm just in this know. weird hellscape that I just, what is time and where does it go? <laughs> well, okay, I am Googling it right now. When are the VMAs? And it We're is on prepared. August 30th, 2020. Oh, my gosh. At oh, 7 wow. PM. Yeah, and it's going to be oh. so different. I'm not I'm not sure how they're going to set it up. I'm sure it's going to be all remote. 
Um, but they have some really interesting awards that they've adapted for this COVID time. Like two of them are best performance from home and best music video from home. And it's very interesting. So I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to tune in because I have nothing else to do. And <laughs> I'm interested in seeing how they're going to do it. Cause usually, you know, you watch it for the, the outfits. Are people going to be dressed up from home? Or are they going to just be like kind of how it was? Well, I think they're they having it live. No. No. Yeah. Well, like, I think like, they're not, definitely doing performances live. I think they're like doing it outdoors. Home? Oh. And yeah, it's at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. You know and so, so much more than I do. <laughs> well, did you see that? Did you see that they had their first concert of COVID and what they did? They barricaded people like four yeah, people, in the UK people could something. be in those. Yeah. So maybe it it'll be like amazing. that. <laughs> yeah. I would love oh, all future concerts and festivals to have my own designated space what? that I pay for and sit in it'd be wonderful (laughs) i don't know if i want to be in in new york outside on august 30th for the vmas no that's gonna be hot and it's gonna be humid and it's gonna be gross move it to california (laughs) go go there the weather is gonna be amazing but now that i know it's live and it's not gonna be live remotely that's okay i'm tuning in yeah i'm not i don't know if like i don't know if they'll do the awards live like I think the thing is they're like oh it'll be a limited to no audience so I don't know if that means like celebrity audience or just like plebs Hmm. like us audience so well yeah it's very weird gonna perform the the man because or lover because you know we're already in folklore but she's being nominated for lover the lover era so she's best direction video of the year and video for good for the man and best Mm. pop album and best art direction for lover Um, so like maybe she'll accept from home i mean we do think that she is in the states because there have been some sightings i've had a lot of my friends from utah texting me being like oh taylor and joe were in utah hiking come visit like oh no why weren't you here last week we could have gone hiking um so there they were in utah at least joe was he posted on instagram uh Mm -hmm. so we know that she's here she could take her private jet (laughs) <laughs> to New York. I don't know where she's spending her time now, but who knows? Yeah. That could be. Yeah, I mean interesting if she's there. I think she recorded folklore in LA at her mm-hmm. kitty studios is what she calls her home studios. So Oh, I didn't know that. Learning her new things. Idiot. Well, it was in the like folklore like uh like credits, you know, like how they say like, oh, this music was produced by this and they list like the recording studios. And one of them was like the itty bitty pretty kitty recording studio. And so people surmise that's, you know, Taylor's own creation. So just the at home studio that she named, obviously, for her cats. So yeah. very you on are, brand. You are just a better Swifty than I am at this era. <laughs> I'm learning all this new stuff about the VMAs. I'm just like hmm. what why? Why am I like this right now? <laughs> no, I mean, I completely forgot the VMAs were a thing that are happening. So I think we we both have our blind spots. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's been kind of a like, you know, for a new album, it's been a pretty quiet uh, era. Like Taylor's not doing mm-hmm. interviews like we talked about. Um, Aaron Dessner did a couple things, but it's really been like mom's the word. She did send exile to alternative radio and so this marks her first chart on the billboard rock radio which is cool she's done like pop and country obviously and i think she even hit like an i don't know alternative or something but this is her first foray into the rock world according to billboard's charts so 
that's going on. And then she also sent Betty to country radio, um, which brought a slew of drama. We'll have to uh, Mm. discuss later in the show. Sipping some tea um, later, you guys. <laughs> yeah. But the good news is we're here to talk about her lead single, Cardigan, which I think is a delight for most of the, most Swifties, I think, like this song and, and how mm-hmm. it plays into this trilogy she made up and all the gossip and drama and, and thoughts and layers that went into that. So I'm excited about this one. Me too. It's been stuck in my head. It's been the lyrics and the the sound of the soundtrack to my life for the past few <laughs> weeks. I wake up to it. And I'm like, na 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 na. I'm like, what? I, I'm like, I haven't heard the song in like a day, and it's still in my head. So I yes, like it. I, it's yes. definitely one of the singles that I agree with because you know a lot of t- a lot of times the lead single because a lot of times so oh, you know yeah. like me like why out of when oh, you get dear. the whole album you're like why did you release that one but this one I think it's such a perfect representation and intro to the album and it yeah. was just also amazing because we were able to listen to the whole album before we actually had like a single slammed in our face mm-hmm, but this single mm-hmm. did great it like was number one on the global spotify song charts it received over 70.7 million streams and yeah. it like she just broke so many records with one this one debuted as number one on billboard 100 34 million u.s streams da, 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 so many other millions of millions of streams <laughs> Seventy-one thousand copies sold like you can just like you can, like there's a whole list of like records she's broken mm-hmm. with broken with this and you guys would just like snooze if i kept on reading that but <laughs> no it's, it's just, amazing would I you have led with like- this single like knowing the whole album you've listened to everything would you have put cardigan first I mean, I guess I'm not offended by it in any way. I don't, I think there's a couple others I could have also seen, you know, as a good lead. Like which but ones? this one. Well, let's look up this track list now. I know. That's what I, I was like, if I'm going to ask this question to Shelby, <laughs> she's going to probably throw it back on me. So I was like, let me look. Because you have to pick a song that is going to be, I feel like, very consistent with the album, represents right. the album sound as a whole, is going to be, um, you know, audience friendly yeah. that they're, they're going to, not like me, you know, they're going to listen to it and they're like, oh, like the general audience and population <laughs> are going to like it. She thought everyone would love me. But I guess <laughs> like as a, I think, you know, overall it was a good choice because the other ones mm-hmm. I was thinking was maybe something like Mirror Ball or Invisible String. But mm-hmm. I think the cool thing about Cardigan is it doesn't feel explicitly like about Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. which I think was a good nod towards how the album isn't this like diary treasure trove. And so yeah. right away she set up like that boundary for the general public and was like, this isn't your usual like taylor swift fair so might as well Mm -hmm. tune in for this songs alone and (laughs) so she captured people that way yeah and like introduced the era you know Mm -hmm. the new sound of taylor and also it went like to alternative radio stations like Mm -hmm. i'm thinking of uh, i was thinking of songs that could have done that and i'm not that could have done that so so quickly and been pushed to radio airplay on other different platforms as well and I was thinking like I think I thought exile could have done it like alternative wise but I'm like I don't know how that would have been like taken on Z100 in New York so I thought maybe peace the one or invisible string might have been able to do it but I think Mm. she chose like 
this era, that was a perfect song to lead it off with. Yeah. Perfect song, perfect mu- music video to introduce the album. It was good. Yeah, and it was the first song she wrote with Aaron Dessner. So this yeah. is a, a iconic moment in Swifty history, I guess, because it was the not a lot going on at the moment evening mm-hmm. in question so mm-hmm. so she just came full circle with that moment and gave it to us as her lead which wasn't really a lead because it was buried in the right. surprise release of her yeah. whole album and that's why a hard timing like great. it was a lead single because <laughs> yeah. i was like well i mean if you're taylor yeah. nation you watch the music video first but right. i don't i, I want to know i maybe i'll pull people on instagram i want to know how many people listen to the whole album from start to finish or started with cardigan yeah that's very I think I don't be know. pretty That'd down be. the middle yeah i know sadly sadly sadly, sadly. <laughs> but this is one that taylor talked about i mean obviously she alluded to the the trilogy this love triangle and it was confirmed through variety that it included cardigan august and betty um that sort of tells the story from all three players different perspectives but then also during her music video premiere um she described cardigan specifically as the song about a lost romance and why young love is often fixed so permanently within our memories why Mm -hmm. it leaves such an indelible mark so we have some clues going into it, um, but it was sort of like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a surprise watching the music video because, again, it's sort of like one of those that doesn't exactly mirror the lyrics so much. Um, and I guess before we deep dive into the lyrics, just did you want to talk a little bit about the music video and yeah, kind of how it I worked as so. an introduction to the era? I think it would be great to talk about that. I thought, yeah, you know, I'll let you go first, and I'll, I'll have my I'll have my little oh. theories as I usually do. <laughs> it's nothing huge. No, yeah, I mean, Cardigan. I yeah, because you listen to this song, and you know, I listened to the album first before watching the music video, and I mm. didn't necessarily know about the trilogy of love songs or anything and Mm -hmm. so I was listening with like okay is this about Taylor's life and this song I was like oh wow is (laughs) our Joe and Taylor broken that everyone's first reaction (laughs) I know (laughs) I mean even from the one I was like oh no it's over Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. um it was a it was a retraining I think as a Swifty to be like okay wait no this is sort of fictional like what is she doing here this is fun it's like a character and so then the next morning when I was like okay I'll watch the music video which Taylor Swift herself directed she wrote it styled it yeah Mm -hmm. styled it did her makeup she said it was like a whole you know thing where she made sure everyone was safe from COVID and like did you know that they had to have all of the the people who worked on the production they had to have certain wristbands on and they're all color coded and Ooh. certain colors could get close to Taylor. It told you like what proximate, oh, nice. proximity you could be to Taylor. So it was really like, and everyone had to wear masks, you know, Taylor did that sometimes, majority of times she didn't, but it was really interesting. It's like, I have a red one. I have a gold one. That means I can go right up Do you to think her. That was a yeah. dry run for would... future uh, <laughs> secret sessions. I hope so. Can I have the gold one? I'm just going to come right up and right up next to you. <laughs> and then like, the... <laughs> you're definitely like, a red. <laughs> you're blacklisted. So we'll yeah, get a black like, one and you'll just leave. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Stay away, please. <laughs> no, that is interesting. And honestly, we've seen a couple music videos come out this year. And it's sometimes like, uh, it's like, 
you know, either all digital and sort of like weird green screeny stuff. And so with this, I was sort of unsure, Mm -hmm. like, okay, like, what are we going to get? Like, what's a COVID style Taylor Swift music video? But it felt like very on par with like Out of the Woods and some of these more like even style where it sort of is a less of a narrative and more of a uh, visualization of something she wants to project. And while this song Mm -hmm. details like a teenage love affair that goes a little sour, the music video is very different. So quick summary, it's basically um, Taylor Swift. She starts out in this sort of rundown cabin with warm firelight playing the piano. The piano opens up to this magical world that she escapes into where it's all lush and green and and waterfalls coming out of the uh, piano there. And she has this moment where she sings and everything is just like, paradisical and and glowing and warm and green and lush (laughs) and then she climbs back into the uh piano the seat this time and ends up drowning in an ocean or a river of uh, tumultuous water and she she swims her way to a piano that's floating there and just holds on for dear life until finally she can get through again and comes back to the cabin from the first scene puts on her cardigan and kind of looks straight at the camera so it's all like, oh, well, what does she mean here? And Swifties put on mm-hmm. their caps and um, started trying to parse out some meaning. I mean, I think it's like a evocative uh, <laughs> uh, music video, but I'm curious evocative. what your what your theories are here. I mean, I don't have like huge lot of yeah, theories, yeah. but you know, the opening scene, the opening scene, you open up to a piano, and one of the mm-hmm. keys are broken. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I'm curious what I, I froze it on the frame of when it opened. So like <laughs> it, it was panning, yes. but I stopped it when it first, um, like when it first of showed course, the keys and I counted, uh, yeah, of course. And I counted to see which one was the broken one. And it was the eighth key that was first shown. That was the broken one. And I was like, that's very interesting because the eighth track on the album is August. And that's from the point of view of, the the girl Ooh. who has the the love affair with James in the in in the this little teenage right. love triangle and that was also what the can like what it's the they say the camel that broke the candle that broke the camel's back you know that's kind of what mm-hmm. like broke this relationship was his uh his infidel- infidelity and I was like oh I was like that mm-hmm. probably meant nothing but that's very interesting I've always been I'm always like it probably meant nothing and maybe it meant everything <laughs> no, but in my yeah, head I'm like it means everything yes <laughs> so I thought that that was really interesting and then you know you have your little easter eggs like Taylor like gives nods to 13, gives nods to her grandpa, which ties to Epiphany. There's a painting of like a a beach over like a beach house over the beach and people are like, oh, that's Rhode Island. And that, you know, those are cute little things that she always does. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I really liked was, you know, there are three verses in in the song. And you can like in the last two verses when you're going in, into like the chorus, into the next verse, that's when she is stepping into either into the piano or she's stepping into the piano bench or she's stepping mm-hmm. back into the piano and she's escaping into this new world. And I was kind of thinking about it today when I was preparing for the this episode and I was like, there's three verses and there's three different characters in this mm-hmm. love triangle. And I was like, and I think that it kind of like, in essence, and it's not it's very abstract, but mm-hmm. it kinda kind of tells a story of of the relationship, you know, 
they you when you're at the beginning of a relationship, everything is like a fairy tale. Like you have your your blinders on, everything's fine and honky dory, and mm. and then like then she steps because you know, she goes from like being at her home to inside this fairy tale area mm-hmm. to like the tumultuous waters. You know that's when she finds out James broke up with or James cheated on her. Everyone, not only her but the girl that was the other woman and James, they're going through this tumultuous time. You know. James is missing Betty. The other girl's feeling terrible about herself and missing James. And she's Mm -hmm. like feeling distraught. So it kind of tells a story of the relationship at a very abstract way. Yeah. And then then she uses, she uses her music throughout the whole album to tell us these stories. Cause every single time she's going in back into the piano, it's like, I'm going to the piano. Let's tell you more. Let's tell you more. But that's my, I don't yeah, know if that made no, any sense. I like that. I mean, I <laughs> I honestly just like completely separated the song from the music video. It felt like totally mm-hmm. unrelated, but I like that there's this idea of the parallel chapters um playing out in the in the music video. I I saw more of a I think Taylor likes to do these Easter eggs, even if it's not her personal life story. Oh, yeah. And to me, the music video seemed more about her than maybe the song itself. And um, mm-hmm. there were a lot of people pointing out like, oh, like these are her different eras where everything mm-hmm. was like going magically well with Fearless and Speak Now and all this. She was living in this glowy, too. happy place. And then... As her career sort of, you know, she uh, took a nosedive in popularity and ended up sort of drowning in the criticism, which I thought was Mm -hmm. an interesting part of the music video where she sort of, she thinks, oh, I've gotten in this piano before. I'll just go to the next phase. And it ends up being pretty bad experience, Um, which I think is an interesting image itself because she's alluded to that sort of drowning feeling in the past, especially with reputation. Um, Even in one of her poems from that era, she sings, Mm -hmm. she writes about how she stood with a desolate knowingness, waded out into the dark, wild ocean up to her neck and bathed in her brokenness. And so it felt like more reference to that and sort of that era and how she eventually you know staggers to the (laughs) to the to the music to the piano and holds on for dear life and is finally Mm -hmm. able to find her footing again in her home again as she's like healed not only by the idea of writing and and creating music but also just these other eras she's had to sort of repair emotionally and mentally and with a new romance and and a and a better lover so Do you think that the gold in the piano, because I I read a lot of like articles where everyone kind of, you know, they paired the gold to Joe, but like Mm. that was who she was finding. She was going through all these different stages in her life, looking for love and making all these different, these like wrong decisions, but she was also like the invisible string. They were taking her through these different ways. And then finally at the very end, like that invisible that golden string you know invisible string that was gold i don't know how she knows gold because it was invisible <laughs> but it led her back to the letter to him like yeah. all these things she went through it was yeah, to get to that's him sweet mm-hmm. i mean that's the thing with taylor is i feel like we there's just an unknowableness to some of her creative ideas and um you know easter eggs as we call them mm-hmm. and so 
I honestly wouldn't be surprised if she'd done that on purpose or if she just thought, oh, well, magical stuff is glowy. Like so fairy. Let's just- <laughs> I, at first, I thought fairy tale, you know, because right. there's like all like I thought because she talks about Peter losing Wendy yeah. and there's the dust like, you know, the, the fairy dust that will make you fly. And so that's yeah. what I had originally thought when she opened it up. I'm like, oh, where's Tinkerbell? Yeah. <laughs> so. What I thought was so interesting about the music video is she doesn't sing along to every single word. It's really just mm-hmm. she picks and chooses which ones she's mouthing and um when she's in the ocean like drowning the one line she sings is when you are young they assume you know nothing and I think Mm -hmm. that also is very telling of her career and kind of this sort of way the general public wrote off Taylor Swift and was just like oh she's so immature she's so you know shallow she does this she does this she does this wrong Mm -hmm. and so it seemed like a telling moment that she's like you just assumed I wouldn't like notice, you know, you thought I didn't understand what was going on and, and it's been a difficult journey, but I, but I knew all along according to some of these song lyrics. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely seemed like a fun little uh, flex for her to kind of make a music video that seemed a little less tied to the narrative. But I also see your point that it, there are those ties still well, that maybe could be overlooked. Yeah. And at, at the first, I think when we first like talked about like our big, overreaction mm-hmm. of the whole album and of this I had said that like it was such a great song to lead with because like her writing she's taking us into these different paths of either her career her life or the story she's about to tell us and she takes us to them through her music so like either way like she's always leaned on her music to right. get her through her terrible times um get messages out and I think like the overarching is her music is what is what's getting her through everything. Probably yes. people too, but how she expresses herself is through the music. Yes. Uh, I'm so excited to talk about this expression. So should we get yes. into the uh, the song lyrics themselves? Yeah. So it's my week to read. So just interrupt me when you want to. Um, <laughs> so this is Cardigan, y'all. Verse one, vintage tea, brand new phone, high heels on cobblestone. When you are young, they assume you know nothing. Sequin smile, black lipstick, sensual politics. When you are young, they assume you know nothing. Yes, what an opener. Mm -hmm. I I was reading some stuff about this. I'm curious what you thought right away. Um, To me, when I heard this, I was like, I mean, a couple of things, right? It's sort of like, I think this might be our first, like, song where it's not necessarily about Taylor that we've done mm-hmm. you know I mean mm-hmm. the one I guess technically but we had some fun thinking that maybe there were some personal, <laughs> personal I know we wanted there. it we, yeah. we did it because we wanted it to be like that <laughs> yeah but thinking about this song as fiction it kind of felt more like uh there was a scene setting going on here where she is singing from who we find out to be called Betty's perspective And uh, it seems like someone who's maybe a few years, a couple decades past, like what she's remembering and she's reflecting back on this. And so to me, this first verse just kind of helped set the scene and was sort of like pulling us back to high school and this idea of, uh, you know, all these different uh, cliques and types and how you just try different things when you're in high school and you're Mm -hmm. you know sometimes you're wearing that gloss and sometimes you're wearing that black lipstick and like all this sort of like just a lot of personalities going on yeah and the and the politics of the schoolyard the like who's Mm -hmm. who and who's with who but I also saw some people who were like no this is a 
this is a nod to Taylor's own eras. Yep, yep, because the vintage tee, brand new phone, people are like, oh, that's definitely red. High Heels on Cobblestone is a nod to 1989, Tribeca, mm-hmm. New York City, because that was like the stage of it all. And then um, Sequin Smile, Black Lipstick, ever- hello. Like people are like, that's reputation. You know, the <laughs> yeah. beginning of when her reputation fell, you know, the height of it all was at the Met Gala when she had that black lipstick, bleached mm-hmm. hair, and that like disco-esque dress. Um, I mean, yeah. that, those are the ones. And then sensual politics was lover. Right. And this is what I read. Like, I did, this was not the first thing that I thought of at all. Yeah. Um, but lover, because, you know, she, it, was, it was a very sensual album. She was, t- she was, you know, vocalizing her political views, becoming a little more po- like political in her, in her messages. Mm-hmm. Am I yeah. missing anything? No, I, I mean, that's what I saw. <laughs> I, and I, I thought maybe because like, if people are pulling that out, because, you know, those are through Red and Lover, I feel like, and you can correct me or you can you can do whatever, <laughs> that's where she did that's where she had her like her arch, her growing arch. You know, she, right. she went from that's when she started to kind of like um how you had said in high school, you know, you're trying to find your click. You're trying to find, you know, one day you're going to be wearing high heels and you're gonna be mean girls. The next day you're gonna be goth and wearing black lipstick. And it kind of seems like throughout these different eras that she might be listing, that's what she was doing too. You know, she was like trying to be the hipster, trying to be the prep, trying mm-hmm. to be the rebel, trying to be, um, you know, just yeah. a, a, a poli- I don't know, central pol- political, I don't know what yeah. what that would be called. You know, if you're, you're like trying to be an adult, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can, I can kind of see that. I don't know if that was intentional. Yeah. But it's also a, like, you know, there it's a, a contrast of, you know, vintage tea, brand new phone, right. high heels, cobblestone, sequin smile, black lipstick. Those things just don't go together. Right. And it's, I mean, yeah, it's sort of a mm-hmm. hodgepodge of, of different <laughs> things. And you're like, okay, mm-hmm. well, are we just rhyming now or does this mean something? Um, but I also thought it was interesting because later in the song, you do kind of get this sense that this song itself is set in New York. And oh, yeah. I, because she mentions the High Line specifically, which is a park in Manhattan. And, um, and so it kind of also felt like this could be a scene where Betty, you know, in her thirties, forties is looking back. And so it's sort of this idea that, okay, now this is my brand. I wear vintage tees. I have high heels. I'm walking through Tribeca. I got a new phone. Who Mm -hmm. dis? And (laughs) then she's like, Oh, but when I was young, people thought I didn't know anything and and this was me when I was young and I was you know dealing with the the game of it all yeah I had a little mini goth stage like we've all been there um but yeah I think it's cool that she has this way to kind of re just set the stage for a fictional story that we're not totally used to all the time yeah and like she starts off that she's reminiscing and I kind of had this idea because like I said in the music video there's three different uh, Mm -hmm. scenes and then in here there's three different um, Mm. three different verses and it kind of follows along the the like August um, this song and Betty because Cardigan is about a lover reminiscing on like things that have gone gone past you know Mm -hmm. in the past um, and then in verse two, we can talk about it, but it says, you know, it, it talks about the affair and that's where we're introduced to August, you know, chase two girls, lose the one. And then in the last one, it talks about um, standing on the doorstep and that's mm-hmm. what they talk about in Betty. So like, it's kind of introducing you 
to like like everyone knows the story, but it's also it, I don't know. I think it's really like she's doing it through reminiscing oh, layered, of everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's very layered. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so then we get into the chorus. But I knew you dancing in your Levi's, drunk under a streetlight. I knew you hands under my sweatshirt, baby kiss it better. <laughs> into the refrain and when I felt like an old cardigan under someone's bed you put me on and said I was your favorite yes uh I I like that she does this thing here where instead of a copycat chorus throughout it the chorus slightly changes Mm -hmm. and so here you do have this sort of like warm cozy memory of like oh like the song picks up there's more energy and she's like I remember all this fun stuff all these fun times like we were good together. It was so romantic. It's like, you know, Filling a very movie moment. Yeah. Drunk. <laughs> yeah. But then she sings, yeah, this refrain, when I felt like I was an old cardigan under someone's bed, you put me on and said I was your favorite. So it instantly introduces this tension where it's like, yes, we were good, but there was also you threw this, me away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There and was he came back to me thing. being like, wait. Right. <laughs> And I think that's a really interesting line because because at first it does sound sort of romantic. It's like, oh, he picked her. Like, he chose her. Like, it's like, oh, he cozy. Like, they, he picked her up and now she feels whole again. But I think it's a sort of a double, I don't know. There's a double meaning there because um, when you put someone on, it means you're like tricking them. You're deceiving them yeah. or you're you know, you're hoaxing them into believing something. You're kind of making a fool of them. And I think that is an important illusion here because the song isn't a happy one where Betty's like, oh, you made a mistake, but we got together and I was right and I knew we were destined forever. It is sort Mm -hmm. of like the similar to the one where there's this nostalgic positivity, but it's also laced with a lot of heartache and frustration. And I think that scene in this line where it's like, you you put me on you you discarded me and then when I called you, you out for it like you made old... me feel yeah yeah like you <laughs> you like... were the one that made me feel like an old cardigan that's why when I was listening to this for the for the first time and everyone's like oh I love cardigan it's like but why like they, like <laughs> it's kind of a he dick. made her feel like an old cardigan he made her feel used and abused and then he came yeah. back again it was like but wait you're my favorite I tried the yes. other I tried the other sweatshirt mm-mm you're the one for yeah. me. I'm just like, oh, yes. that crumbled up piece of paper on the ground. <laughs> Leave me. Well, yeah, exactly. And he's not even like, oh, you're the one. Like, I love yeah. you. You're my everything. He's like, oh, well, you should take solace in the fact that you're like my favorite. So it's just and I'm like 17. I know a nothing. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just such a dick move. And I think it's just so interesting that she kind of hides that there and it and it takes a lot of the emotion of the song to kind of parse out that like wait maybe this isn't as hunky-dory as you might first think yeah and I, I think it's good like when she when she says you put me on again and said I was your favorite and then it leads into the second verse mm-hmm. uh, a friend to all is a friend to none chase two girls lose the one when you are young they assume you know nothing mm-hmm. I just thought that was a really good um introduction yes. to the affair yeah and it just kind of (laughs) pops up it's just like no hold back it's like this is what you did and it's just like oh ouch and I think this idea a friend to all is a friend to none is kind of a I mean that's a very popular proverb that's like attributed all the way back to Aristotle I think but Mm -hmm. the idea is sort of that 
if you're treating everyone like your best friends, that sort of means that you're not best friends with anyone, you know, it's sort of like, oh, well, if everyone's special, no one is. And I think um, it's interesting that she ties that to this, this, you know, cheater who says, who chases two girls and you lose the one. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's sort of, is just her realizing like, as an adult, looking back on this relationship, thinking about how there were all these like signs or there was this personality there that it was like he was a nice guy, but a nice guy doesn't always mean <laughs> like a really nice guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And it just, it's really interesting. A lot, I, I saw this theory and I, I don't know if you agree with it of like, you know, there, there is a love triangle. There, there is a story that it t- three of them tie together but someone's like you know they can all tie together like they think she's telling an Mm. overarching story from beginning to end and they they pointed to one of the easter eggs being chase two girls lose the one and the song right before this is the one so i don't know Mm. if that i don't like it would be interesting to sit down with her and be like hey like (laughs) is this intentional (laughs) but like i can see that theory (laughs) there's a few things that i'm like having a little like a hiccup with but Mm. when it comes to that theory but that's the that's an underlining little clue that people are pointing to. Yeah. And she, but they know nothing. They're young. Yeah, exactly. She ends with this refrain again, which she repeats throughout the song. When you are young, they assume you know nothing. And it's sort of just a constant reminder that it's like, you guys mm-hmm. all thought I was just naive. You all thought I was dumb. You thought you think all these little dumb girls just fall for anything. But here's like everything I knew. And it feels very familiar to someone who's lived through their, you know, 20s. And you do find Mm -hmm. yourself reflecting on your past, whether that's a romance or a friendship or whatever. And just being like, man, I was right. Like, I did know what was happening. This was a real thing. It just because it was teenage doesn't mean the feelings were any less or that my conclusions were any like less meaningful. Like, it's like these are all huge moments in my life that led to who I am today. And it's important mm-hmm. to acknowledge that. And sometimes I, I, I always hear like, and I don't know if you're like this, but you always have that little inkling in the back of your mind, just kind of like, oh, may- maybe someone's doing this. Maybe someone's doing that. And then you had mm-hmm. Inez who's spreading rumors and <laughs> everything she says is false except for this one time. And it kind of seems to me that maybe Betty was like, I, I have a feeling it's right. I have yeah. a feeling it's right. And then it's just like, then sadly it comes it's true. Um, and then, you know, and then James is just like, I'm 17. I know nothing. Like he's using that <laughs> yeah. as an excuse. And it's like, no, no don't so use your age as an excuse because right. you knew right from wrong. You does. did. And then you go back into the chorus, but I knew you playing hide and seek and giving, giving me your weekends. I knew you, your heartbeat on the high line once in 20 lifetimes. And when I felt like an old cardigan under someone's bed, you put me on and said I was your favorite. Yeah, it's interesting because, again, the chorus picks up. It's, like, mm-hmm. peppy. and you're Changes just, a little bit. Yeah, you're envisioning this, like, it seems positive, but then you kind of have these signs again that it's, like, playing hide and seek. I don't – I didn't read it as, like, literally they were playing tag. I thought it was mm-hmm. more, like, cat and mouse. Like, oh, like, where are you? Like, what's going on? Like, it's hard to – it's hard to reach him like it's hard to get to him you know playing a little hard to get or whatever it Uh is and then but there is like oh you give me your weekends like oh and I and I knew like your heartbeat like I knew these details about you I had these fantasies about us like living like you know whatever it is moving to New York living happily ever after 
um, this was going to be our love story. This was going to be our once mm-hmm. in a million. And then she's like, oh, but when I felt like I was an old cardigan, you put me on and said I was your favorite. And again, it just feels a little salty, you know? Yeah. And I, I see a lot of people using that that lyric as an Instagram caption, you know, with their lover or with like, some, <laughs> yeah. you know, and like as like a good thing, you put me on again and said I was your favorite. And I was just like, or not on again, you put me on and said I was your favorite. And it just like mm-hmm. kind of ties me like, I don't get a good feeling when I'm reading this <laughs> this refrain. Because like you said, yeah. it goes in playing hide and seek. And my mind is like kind of playing this lyric, playing hide and seek and, and giving me your weekends. You know, sometimes it's like, and it, you know, he was away for the summer and he cheated on her. Mm-hmm. And maybe during this, like he was like, oh, I'm busy. I can't talk during the day. But right. on the weekends, he was able to come, you know. And like meet with her, like he was kind of putting her off, and then like right. coming up when he wanted to. It's like, oh, I'm free, I can come up now. Like it's all oh, right. on his terms, and not hers. And she, yeah. I like how she goes. They assume you know nothing, but I knew you. I knew you. And yeah. she's like, she in the back of her mind, I felt like she knew something was up, and it I just. I mean, maybe we are like just jaded and she did mean this to be ultra romantic, but something about it. You're right. It just doesn't feel like especially when she's talking about someone like this guy cheating on her. It's not like she's (laughs) talking about this. My ex-boyfriend used me and abused me and I felt old and discarded. But you, my new man, put me on and said I was your favorite, even though I felt like if if she was talking about Joe and she was like reminiscing, like, I mean, another thing is maybe she was and and I can't see it. But like at first I was like, well, maybe she's reminiscing about an old relationship, but talking to a new guy. But then you go into I knew you. I knew I knew you'd mm-hmm. come back. And I was like, there's no bit. Like, I just don't understand. Yeah. You know, and I, I this is how I'm with a lot of my friends though, is <laughs> they'll have a boy, they'll have a boy, a boyfriend or not, and they'll use them. They'll like it's all about the guy's terms. And right. if the guy comes back, they're like, Okay, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Take me back. Um yeah. You can discard me, but put me, put me on again. It's okay. And I'm always in the background being like, no, <laughs> like, stop. <laughs> don't go back. Like, don't give him excuses. He's making you feel special now, but he yeah. won't like when when he doesn't want to. It's when it's not relevant to him or convenient. Yes, so this girl. is this is what it reminds me of, you guys. <laughs> yeah. And also like my dating past. I'm like, yeah. no, don't do it. Yeah, we've um, been burned before. <laughs> but then let's go. Let's let's go into the bridge. Let's see where mm-hmm. she takes us. Yeah. Um, so. At two kissing cars and downtown bars was all we needed. You drew the stars. You drew stars around my scars. And now I'm bleeding. Because mm-hmm. I knew you stepping on the last train marked me like a bloodstain. I knew you tried to change in- ending. Peter losing Wendy. I knew you leaving like a father, running like the water. And when you are young, they assume you know nothing. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. It's like, yes, if, even if you can, even if you can think like, oh, the last two verses are kind of her thinking about the positive times. Like they were, they were so playful, chasing each other, playing mm-hmm. hide and seek and feeling each other. Up. It was so fun. Getting drunk. Like this immediately is like, you ruined everything. Like I think even just her starting with to kiss and stars and down to kiss and cars and downtown bars was all we needed is sort of like a slap in the face of what he took away, not exactly what they literally lost. Cause it seems more like that's what she wanted in their future. I don't know if these teenagers were, you know, sneaking into bars and whatever, but so I, it feels more I did, like, 
my my friend did post or someone posted on this group I'm in they're being like is it just me or like was I really sheltered as a kid because <laughs> from a 17 year old perspective I mean, like sure kissing ca- yeah. cars downtown bars like I don't get this and people were like nope when I was 17 <laughs> I was sneaking into bars I was kissing in cars I was getting drunk under a street yeah. lamp like that's me. I'm, I'm like, not mine. Like, I, <laughs> no. I, I mean, for I sure. I wasn't filling but, anyone up. But it also feels like she's like, like all we version. needed was like, this could have been Each us. Other. Like this was, mm-hmm. yeah, we could have had this happy ending, but you ruined it before we even got there. And mm-hmm. and then she kind of lists the way. She's like, my scars broke open. Like, thanks a lot, dude. She's like, you just abandoned me like a dad. You're, you're, you're refusing oh, to was, grow up like Peter. That, like you're that, just... You're doing nothing right. And it just like, it is just like a brutal assault on him. It's just step after step. Of, and it's not even like lies. It's like, this is what you did. And I knew you were going to do it. Like, that's what hurts yeah. the most. You know, then we get into verse three. But oh, I, I also, oh, I just want to say, I go. love this Peter losing Wendy line. I really mm-hmm. think she does a great job at she illusions in a lot of her songs. And it's wonderful. But I think this is just like, a perfect encapsulation of the theme of the song and like peter losing wendy is like you know peter gave up on his happy ever after with wendy because he refused to grow up he wanted to stay in mm-hmm. neverland and remain a boy forever and wendy wanted to you know grow up and live a life and their paths separated exactly because peter refused to kind of grow up and i think mm-hmm. that is just such I've a succinct yeah <laughs> just a succinct like way to call a man like such a little baby you know it's just like you it's like it's such a familiar concept and the more you listen to cardigan and honestly betty you're just like man james is kind of the worst (laughs) it's just like okay i love me the song betty it's really fun and peppy but this kid needs some growing up and i think it's Mm -hmm. like great that she puts this in here as a perspective of someone who is looking back but admits that she knew all along like that they lost each other not because necessarily this x y or z but because peter refused to you know grow up he he yeah, refused to selfish, take responsibility and, like a father <laughs> yeah. you know just going down i have to tell you that hurt a little bit because when i like when i was younger my dad left when i was a baby and i was like ooh, yeah. and, and like i was like that's like a stereotypical leaving like a father i'm like yeah i think yeah it's a brutal it's a brutal brutal. chorus and like and i I think that's like i knew you tried to change the ending but peter still lost wendy and it's like Mm -hmm. i think there's a couple of ways you could read that where it's like maybe he did think they were there everything and he did try or maybe it was like you know she tried and it just turned out (laughs) teenage boys aren't that reliable but we can get into this when like we get into August and to Betty. Yeah. But he he is someone who has so many excuses. Cause yeah. then, and he's like, Oh, you know, she pulled up and I got in. She said, Get in. So I got yeah. in. And like he's trying to forgive, but he's also throwing the blame. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Betty, you can do so yeah. much better <laughs> than James. Yeah. Well, and that's Sometimes what's interesting too, is she's like, this part of the bridge is all like you jackass but then the next part is just like all about the trauma she felt and like her emotional her emotional mm-hmm. decay even though the she after you know yeah yeah because like even if you know that someone's not good for you you are still 
it's still branding you like a tattoo, mm-hmm. which goes into, I knew you'd linger like a tattoo kiss. I knew you'd haunt all of my what ifs. The smell of smoke would hang around this long because I knew everything when I was young. I knew I'd curse you for the longest time, chasing shadows in the grocery line. I knew you'd miss me once the thrill expired. I knew you'd be standing in my front porch light and I knew you'd come back to me. You'd come back to me and you'd come back to me <laughs> and you'd come back to me. Yes. And then it closes out with, and when I felt like I was an old cardigan under someone's bed, you put me on again and said I was your favorite. Yes. She just packs a punch here at the at I the know. end. Like it's just a really powerful sort of tumultuous uh crescendo of all these sad, bitter feelings of like, man, I you were bad and you did this bad thing, but I still knew like my first love would be something that's hard to shake in my years mm-hmm. that have come. Like it's been, I'll just imagine your face in my grocery store line. And I just think about like, what if this had gone different? And I feel like you're just everywhere. And, and then also just that like watering down to that moment where she's like, and I knew you'd come back to me. And it's almost like that's what hurt her the most is that he he did miss her once the thrill expired and he did come to her front porch and he did want her back and that like that sucks the most because it's like if you had just not lost me in the first place then we wouldn't be Mm -hmm. having this conversation right now you know you would have kept it in your pants james (laughs) and let the girl just drive by then you'd be on the front porch for a whole different reason And I think that's sort of why she echoes it. I saw a lot of theories that like, oh, they had an on again, off again relationship. Like it seems like Betty ends on such a high note that she must have taken him back. But I get the sense from this song that it's like, no, she didn't take him back. And she was just so mad that he even tried, that he lived up to that worst expectation she had for him, which is that he'd come crawling back and realize he did Mm -hmm. wrong and expect Mm -hmm. her to just accept that. And I think that's why she just says it over and over. It's like, you did this, like you did this thing and you you did this thinking I'd still let you like take me back. And Mm -mm. this is what I was going to ask you. Like, do you think she took him back? And it sounds like you don't think she took him back. No, I don't. But maybe I'm just like, I think, hopeful she did. I think if she did take him back, that like you know, if if she did end up taking him back, because you know, sometimes when someone yeah. throws a big grand gesture to your mm-hmm. way, it's romantic and you're caught up in that moment. But you can't get. I can see her not getting over it, yeah. not being able to trust him. They're 17. They're going to go away for college because it, it, it. She also mentions you know getting on the last train. I, like I remember you leaving mm-hmm. on the last train, and it also could be like, you know. They, she tried to make it work, but even if they did get back together, the reason they broke up was because she just couldn't get over the fact that he cheated on her. Right. Um, but that's that's what I think might have no, happened I think to take him back, yeah. but it was still – it wasn't on again, off again. It was tried to make it work, but just couldn't yeah. get over it Just because she knew. Reasoned. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's very interesting and um, there are some theories that like oh this is so about Harry Styles it like mirrors a lot of lyrics from this love like this is about them and it's like I mean could she have pulled from her personal life to draft this like sure definitely but it seems like the way she triangulates this like narrative is so interesting that I can see why Taylor was so enamored with just writing this fictional story and just playing with like these different images that she pulled into each song and humanizing each perspective and I just Mm -hmm. think talking about Cardigan is hard to do without talking about August and Betty because it's just so 
interesting how she pulled mm-hmm. it off. I love it. I really like how she does that. Um, and it's also interesting too because like folklore is a story that is made to kind of like teach everyone a lesson and mm-hmm. so I can kind of see how maybe she did pull a l- like some feelings from her past into this this story because like this this song even though I haven't personally experienced everything in the song it's still personal to me because I can yeah. relate to some of this and I'm sure she can still she can relate to some of it too like even if she's never been cheated on you know there's still that that crack in the in the pottery that just shatters right. the relationship and, and we've all – I think most of us have been there, whether it's a friendship or a relationship mm-hmm. or even like, um, I don't know, mentorship or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I mean, that's what's great about art, right, is it's totally subjective. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I yeah. mean, unfortunately, um, talking about Cardigan, talking about how to interpret these songs really plays into our tea time of the week. Um, yes, it does. And a teenage love triangle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. Yes, unfortunately. Um, so this week <laughs> there was drama on Twitter because, like we said, Taylor sent Betty to radio, to country radio, mm-hmm. and uh, Swifty recorded an incident where Taylor introduced a song on the radio and sort of described the song. And in the song that had sort of been, you know, we talked about how she doesn't use pronouns and like maybe James is a girl because Blake Lively's kid is a girl and like blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of like, wow, this reads as a queer romance. Like is Taylor finally either coming out or is she giving her queer fans like a gender neutral song to identify with? And in the radio interview, Taylor says like, oh, James, it's about a boy who, you know, asks forgiveness or whatever. And that's fine. Like she wrote it. She gets to say who her characters are. But Mm -hmm. what was awful to see was on Twitter, all these Swifties suddenly use that to like weaponize against anyone who had ever said that they identified like with the song because of its queer romance or was like, oh, see, Taylor's giving us our gay anthem. And it got really ugly um, to the point where some people were out. Like, I think these were just trolls that maybe weren't associated with Swifties, but they were outing bisexual and lesbian fans. And um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It got really bad. And it's unfortunate. And I think a lot of it, gets tangled up in this like oh well you guys were trying to out taylor as gay and you shouldn't project someone's sexuality so like that somebody else because right. they were trying to out taylor <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was bad and i was just like guys this is wild to me because like when we listen to Dear John, we're not all sitting there thinking about John Mayer all the time. Like you said, we mm-hmm. think about our personal lives. We're like, oh my gosh, this reminds me of this. Oh, this reminds me of this. Like even Taylor has said songs have changed for her. Like it's like art is meant to be subjective and you're meant to be able to identify and interpret however you want because it's just yeah. once it's out in the world, you get to... um you know, dissect and enjoy it however it fits into your life. And that doesn't make you a bad fan. It doesn't make you a fake fan. And it doesn't make you deserving of like shame for your sexual orientation or preference on a gender neutral song. And it was just like a very ugly chapter in the Swifty history. Yeah. Because it's like I've talked about, I mean, I've talked about like Kaler theories and I, you know, there was some 
questions of if you need to calm down was queer baiting like was Taylor coming out as bisexual or was she not and it's like I get that there's a fine line in prescribing a sexuality to Taylor herself but the language around like Betty as a queer song was more like oh this is so fun to have a fictional <laughs> song talked that, you, that, can that to. you can just relate to that is just like oh yeah it's it's queer fanfic like this is great and I don't think anyone was saying like Taylor was Betty or Taylor was James or Taylor was Mm-mm. whatever. Like it was a fictional trilogy that people were just like, wow, Betty feels, <laughs> you know, like lesbian, like it's gay to me. Like, that's great. And why not? Like, you know, who cares? It's a song. And Taylor herself said it was a fictional story too, on top of that. And so people I think it's crazy. just, yeah, it's just an unfortunate, um, look at how, uh, fandoms can (sighs) become a little too attached to their you know you become sort of these armies for people who don't actually know or ask you to do anything like Taylor Swift didn't tell you to go and tell everyone who thought that James was a girl that they're wrong and they're bad for thinking it like that was never in her radio interviews so like why are you doing it now you know Mm -hmm. and she wrote this song and she has said that they're named after her children her friends children yeah who james is a girl like it's just you know i I, they there could still be that double meaning behind it and she specifically didn't say him or she or anything of that when talking about james and i think that that if that's how people want to read it that's how people should read it if if you don't want to read it that way then you don't need to don't be offended if someone else takes it the wrong way um it's just crazy how far fans will go to to like stick by like the golden rule right. of what Taylor says. Yeah, and it's just uh, who asked you? You know, it's like what mm, do you think not. Taylor's like liking your tweets right now? Like I don't think so. And mm-hmm. in the words of Taylor Swift, you need to calm down. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> what was our lesson last year? I know. Mm. Well, I'm sad that it has to be the T. I did I read. I did read about that but like I said everything's been like I don't know if that happened three weeks ago four weeks ago I'm like what I don't know time? when that happened <laughs> so... oh I'm gosh really I said have to do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> well no, no. But... hopefully next week we will not hopefully next week one we'll be back again and two yes. we will not have any tea time so that toxic, is that toxic yeah. because <laughs> That's the one good thing that has come out of – I mean, okay, this is sad. The one good thing that has come out of you know, all of this COVID stuff is that a lot of Swifties aren't feeling left out. You know, because around this time, right. secret sessions, people would go on and be like, Taylor told me this. <laughs> Taylor told me that. This is what no, this it, really means. This is no, what it'd this be really like, means. Taylor said this, but I promised I'd never share it with any of you. <laughs> yeah. So, like – so part of me, I was really like, oh, I'm so glad that like, because I always feel left out. I am a very jealous person. I feel left out. I take things personally. And, you know, and I know there are a lot of Swifties out there like me too. So I'm like, oh, I don't have to feel like the pressure of having right. to be seen and be heard and be out there because, you know, because there is that underlying factor in the Swifty world that like, if you meet Taylor Swift, then right. you, your say oh, is higher than some people, not everybody. A lot of people yeah. think that they're like, um not a few they're more of a swifty yeah not oh, yeah and and that they're, they're they're say that they know they're in the know right they have like all yeah the inside have the knowledge. inside knowledge yeah and then we have this where it's just kind of like you know there's still that toxic 
part yeah. of this Swifty fandom stand culture that's coming out, which I w- yeah. was hoping there wouldn't be, but hey. Yeah. <sighs> well, I mean, it was still, you know, it's like uh, we live and we learn and hopefully those people have uh, really played through. You need to calm down and, and mm-hmm. check their tweeting habits and are doing better. But yeah, it's just not, it's just not a great look. And uh, I think we should all try and be a little bit more mature, but um, mm-hmm. it That's still, <laughs> still was fun to talk about cardigan this week. So I'm glad <laughs> we could do that. <laughs> I know. And, and we'll definitely, we'll, be... um, we'll definitely be back uh, next week to talk about, oh, the last great American dynasty. Oh, I'm fun. That one. That's going to be so exciting. It's yes. going to be good. And you know, during this next week, you know what you guys can all do? You can follow us on social media, mm-hmm. Swiftish Podcast at Instagram, Swiftish Pod 13 on Twitter. You can also email us. One thing I'm interested in is people's theories about folklore email us your theories on like what you think taylor's trying to say in this album Uh, it could be by about a song it could be about the whole album it could be Mm -hmm. about this trilogy swiftishpodcast at gmail.com and always 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 feel free to rate us on apple Podcasts. give us the five star rating and tell everyone why you like us so much it'll help other swifties like you find us and yes. we can find them and we can be a big Swifty family. <laughs> yes. We'll take over the world. <laughs> we will one Swifty at a time. But until <laughs> next time, I'm Ashley. And I'm Shelby. And Taylor, I promise I will never throw you away like an old cardigan. <laughs> but you are yeah. always my favorite. Yes. <laughs>